You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. You're blowing the dust off the old books. You're trying to find an ancient treasure. Yes, the antiquarian who has smicha has arrived. But first, you've heard me on this platform touting NRS, a great company whose many dedicated employees I get to see in action. NRS Pay has recently launched its new cost-cutting program called Cash Discount. The way it works is any vendor using NRS Pay Cash Discount has their sale register tabulating automatically a dual pricing, which offers customers a choice of a cash payment, which could result in an up to 4% discount over swiping their card. If your business meets the $18,000 a month threshold, there's absolutely no monthly fee to incur. NRS Pay Cash Discount makes it less expensive to accept credit cards, so you'll save money while helping your customers save at the same time. NRS is offering a time-limited deal right now on this state-of-the-art system. You'll get a free card reader with zero hidden fees, no long-term contract, and no early termination fee, which means you can switch your processing plan without penalty. NRS Pay is a proud part of the IDT Corporation that I've been associated with for over 10 years and has integrity built into its corporate DNA. I know its founder, its officers, and salespeople, and they truly stand by their product and will help you with live stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Check nrspay.com for more information or call 833-289-2767. And now... The Antiquarian. Clear the dust off. The Antiquarian has smicha. Well, we are recording this on the seventh night of Hanukkah, and we know that as quick as we work to try to get you loyal listeners these programs, we're not going to be able to get it by the time Hanukkah is over. However, we are still steeped in Hanukkah. We want to talk about Mosur, a payut that was written at the time of the Rishonim, there's been a, a lot of debate exactly what period it is, is speaking about. And part of that has to do, Yitzchok, with the last stanza. And is the last stanza uh, from the original Python or not? Well, everybody knows that most Sur Yeshuasi has five stanzas that are printed in every single sitter. Each one begins with the name, with one of the letters of the name Mordechai. Mo'osur, Ra'os, Devir, Kurois and Yivonim. So we know the author was Mordechai. The last stanza, which is found in many, many Sidurim, starts with They have not found a manuscript copy of that last stanza that goes back to the period that the uh, the main part of Ma'utsur was was said to have been composed in the twelfth century towards the, either the middle or towards the end of the 12th century, that means the 1100s. Uh, they haven't found manuscripts that go back that far, and they haven't found, even the ones they found that have most or uh, do not have that final stanza, but as Frankel and others have pointed out who've worked on this, that it wouldn't be a proper piet if it didn't have that ches kuf, and also it really doesn't have much of a bakosha, the time that you are going to get ready a matbeach, a slaughtering, mitzor hamanbeach from that enemy, this oppressor that is barking. Ozeg mor b'shir mizmor Hanukkah samizbeach. That's when 
we will finally finish the song and we're finally going to have the, the Beis Hamikdash. But that isn't really a tefillah. And therefore, that last stanza, which of course is a tefillah, Franco and others have said there must have been a tefillah in the original. And therefore, uh, even though if you take a look at the earliest place where we have discovered that last stanza, and that is in the book of the Kitzer Hashlaw. Now, obviously, if it's the Kitzer Hashlaw, we're talking about already basically the 17th century. Now, this was a book written by Rabbi Chil Epstein, Yechiel Michel Epstein, the same exact name as the Orach HaShulchan, and it might have been one of his ancestors. And the Shulach Kodesh, as you know, Yitzchak, was probably one of the most important svarim for all Balei Machshova or anyone who wanted to, to understand mitzvos from a mystical perspective, to be a pure Oyved Hashem, and to get some of the essence of, of Lurianic ideas. However, the Shulach is a huge, difficult work and the Kitzar Ashla is sort of like a, it's not really the Shula. I mean, there are elements with the same titles, but a lot of it is sort of a dumbing down of the Shula, like a little elements of the Shula plus collections of other stuff. Many authors in the period of 16th and 17th century, they, they weren't always necessarily the most honest in, in their titles. But the Kitzer Ashla is, is an interesting work on its own. It isn't just a uh, a shortened version of the Shnei Luchos written by Yishai Levi Horowitz. Well, just the Kitzer Shulchan Aruch is in yes, The word Kitzer doesn't necessarily mean it's like Reader's Digest condensed books. <laughs> what it is, is if you like this, but it's too much for you, we've got something for you that perhaps your diet could handle. So anyway, I'm reading from Rav Yechiel Epstein's uh, works. Uh, from the Kitzar Ashla. He says that I found written, so it's obviously something that's probably predates the, uh, the 17th century, that since Maos Tzur only mentions Bavel Madai and Yavan, right? It talks about Mitzrayim too as well, of course, but it does not mention the Golas that we're in now. That there should be a Geula from this Golas. And that after the Shear is finished, after we describe it, let's have a Tfila. And you can see here that even in the time of Rabbi Chil Epstein, with the nigan ma'oizzur, you know, in other words, clearly the words have to fit in to a tune that was already known. And we're going to get to that a little bit later, Yitzchak. But let's talk a little bit first about some of the alternate endings. Epstein brings something which you can find in many of the Sidurim today. It's more or less similar to what we know. And here's the part that gives people conniptions. Sing it with me. It's So, <laughs> we'll get to that tune in a minute. But what is Admon and Salmon? What, what, what is all that stuff? So that's our first stop here. Assuming, like Franco does, that perhaps this is older than Epstein thought, and that it goes all the way back. What is this? And that's similar to the version that I found in the later Sefer in the Makar Chaim. If we go back to Ma'asur, Ma'asur Yeshua Si, Lachano El Shabayach, Tikun Pais the Filosi, Bisham Dai Don Isabayach. So that's one, two, and three. It's, it repeats itself, right? Mi'ay Stachin Matei, Lay Stachin Matei, Yach, 
But here it is different. So that's three and two. In other words, generally the Ashkenazim only did two. That's two. Bishir Mizmor Chanukah So that's a combination of a three and a two. The combination of three and two has been suggested that that is something of a Sephardic approach, and therefore it indicates that there was some influence from the southern parts of Europe, influence from the Sephardic lands into Germany in order to produce that. So it is German. So we're talking here about Admon is probably the Christian conquerors, the Christian crusaders, and therefore people have suggested that Admon, which is red, might not just be Edom or Esau, but might actually be Friedrich Barbarossa, the Holy Roman Emperor, who actually, along with Richard the Lionhearted, made his way on the Crusades to uh, sack Israel and kill Jews on the way. And some have suggested that this was actually written in that period in order to sort of say, God, get that Admon, but sailed Solomon, let him drown somewhere. May God bless and keep the czar far away from us. <laughs> yeah, and, and let him keep him dead, yes. Bushman. Uh, and the truth was he did drown. Friedrich Barbarossa did actually drown on the Shelliff River on his way uh, to the Holy Land. So I think it's sort of like a conjecture that it sounds too good to be true. I would rather say that Admon, yes, means the Christian uh, rulers, the Christian persecutors, and Salmon, we know, sounds like Salmovis. It sounds like push him into hell and bring the Royim Shiva. Again, the Gemara in Sukkah suggests who are these seven Royim on a completely different Pasuk in Micha that mentions the seven Royim. And it says the seven Royim are Adam, Shes, and Misushelach is three. And then you also have a David, right? And Moshe and Yosef. And who was the seventh one you took? I don't remember if it's Avram or Yaakov. I don't. But David is somehow, right, somehow bring us back these seven ones or bring back the seventh one, bring David, bring the Mashiach, Hakimano Roe Shiva, bring the seventh one who is David. So the provenance might go back to the 12th century. It might be something that was added with, you know, trying to figure out what was the intent of the original author. Yitzchak, you, of course, are a descendant of the great Rabbi Bachrach, uh, that great German Rav who uh, is known as the Chavis Yoyer. And uh, we'll get to his version in a minute, L'chavad, uh yourself and his yurt site, which was yesterday. But let's read the Ramah's version here. Um, and you see, it doesn't really fit too much into the tune. The Nadvarna Rebbe's, they, they add this. The, the they, they love, because they, they're Einiklach from the Ramah. Yeah. You were always my savior. Like you, you lifted me up. Get rid of my Averus. Again, means after, and after Rome and after Yovan. The third one, the one we're in now, Chazek Yisrael and Chachnia Yishmael. It should be me Edom Tifta Navshi. Although here it's it seems to be Aram Tifta Navshi. Yeah, the version also I have has Edom. Edom Tifta Navshi. Me Edom Tifta Navshi. So here we have Yisrael should be strong, 
Yishmol that was also a threat, they should go into submissiveness and please be potomy from those Christians. Then he quotes the uh, Rav Yirmiya, who I'm not familiar with, who is the uh, Bezna of Erzberg. Right? And again, you can see how this, you know, it, it loses all its poetry here. Yeah, that that ruins it. They Dordor ruins the whole. Yeah, it doesn't have any of the. Again, I I could forgive the Ramah for trying to, uh, you know, attempt you know that that Charuz, but the the Wurzberger, <laughs> no, the Wurzberger, you can see why it didn't get anywhere. Then he quotes the Nachlashiva, which of course is a very important work uh, for anybody who's involved in weddings and divorces and Gitan. The Nachlashiva is a a wonderful rabbinic handbook, one of the most important ones. And this one actually has a little bit of a, a beautiful sound to it. Shimcha yivorech li'oivam mitoich kal emunim. Your name, your name should be mavorach forever from the believers. V'kisacho yishalem. But your throne will, will be complete. Im tinkoim bezidoinim. If you're going to take the nekama from those those evildoers. Which again is is, is the uh, the reference to Amalek that we see from Rebirmia from the Wurzberger. For the people who are oppressed, listen from the Maon, listen from the heavens, there you are. To save your nation, the remnants to 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 save. Your beloved ones like in the old days by the time. Right, it's like they wake the Hashmanim. Then he has another Nusach here. Chai Zakuf Keren Yeshua. Now this has the Chazak in it, as you can see. That continues the Chazak. The Malchus Zodan Arosha should be in the city that falls when all the Bnei Ava fall. Uli Amcha Tasa Hatzono Bitzidkasaitonim Goal Bonim with the Tzidkas of the of the righteous ones, the strong ones, the Avos, the Eitanei Haaretz, Bitiv Nahair Altiwa. So basically, these versions again. As as as, as Rav Epstein points out, were meant to uh, bring a sort of a tefila and to sort of like upgrade. Uh, let's now go to your grandfather, your Zayde here. So again, he has most of what you had there, and then it says Zoy Mishali. This is Zoy Mishali. Okay, so go ahead. Choker leiv. Choker leiv the one who seeks out the heart and the innermost being, please look upon our poverty. The maker uh, or the former of morning and evening, may he look upon our lowliness. Yehikeitz 
May there be an end to our exile. Build our holy temple. Magera deres ir hagoveres visishkon bekir benu. So what's magera deres? What does he mean there? I, 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 I'm thinking it means like taking off the the, cl- the cloak of 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 Asov is what I'm thinking. I, I could be wrong because because then it says ir hagoveres, but the the overpowering. I have seir hagoveres, yeah, right? The the, the the overpowering goat, which although seir Izim in Baruch Hashem Yom Yom that we say Shabbos morning is a reference to the Yavonim. So it could be, uh, it could be, it could either mean Esav or it could mean the Yavonim. This Ishkon Bekir Benu and indwell in our midst. Maher Shalach Mashiach Tzidkenu. And then hurry up and send our true Mashiach. So he says, "Charuza sizoyis rei oisa echad min gadolim leyasher be'enav." So he said, "I showed I showed this stanza that I composed to one of the gadolim." He doesn't say who he showed it to, and he didn't he didn't like it. Because I guess it doesn't rhyme properly. Now this is a very interesting point. Is that he says that the whole Mosur is in a singular form, but um, the the right, he's Zorah using the plural. The he is the Zorah, plural. This isn't plural, but the Seif Zorah that we have in most of our Sidurim now is also plural, as opposed to the version that you you showed us from from the Kitzur Shla, and that's also presented here in the in the Makor Chaim. But anyway, he says. Marty came, he came. So he said, I, I nodded my head and I said, you're right. And he changed it. So he, so like all good rabbis who are uh, told off, he, he basically altered his, right? He altered it like a little first, bit, right? I like the first version better, but this is the second version he made. So once again, the one who seeks out and searches the heart and the innermost being. Mager aderet, seir agoveret, sisoni. So to, to to end up with something positive. So again, instead of saying destroying the nachash the, the original <laughs> snake from from the Garden of Eden, and as a yeah, reptile lover, that that offends me a little yeah, bit. I hear. So I hear. then. Uh, so then he switches it to then, and then my joy will be engrandized. Discovering these alternate endings, and you know, as as many people have written, it was considered explosive. It was considered incendiary, and in many of the German sidurim, um, they refused in Rudelheim and many of the other sidurim, they didn't print any of these endings, and not just because they thought that they were additions that weren't true to the original spirit, it's because they were afraid. It was self-censorship. Now, what, when and, you say nigun, does it mean like you're saying the shiva acharuzais? Or does it, what does it, was there always a nigun attached to this song the way that we, that we know it? That's a good question. And, and again, this, this is probably a question that one could say about, you know, Gaviro's famous poem on Hanukkah, which is, um, Shnei Zaysim Nechrosim which is a beautiful Shabbos Hanukkah payet, which was said in many, many parts of Klal Yisrael. 
And was it sung? Was it read? You know, when was it that songs and tunes became tethered? Well, there's the Minhage Vermiza, the, the Minhagim of, of Verms, that Mechon Yushalayim published with Hagos from the Chavos Yor. And I, I believe it was a Hagos from the Chavos Yor. It might have been in the original Minhage Vermiza from Rabbi Yushva Shavas. I don't remember where that was, but it actually says by Rosh Chodesh Benshin, before Kislev, or if if you're benching Rosh Chodesh before Hanukkah, then before Tevis, that actually you should say Yichadashehu uh, to the Nigun of Maos Tzor. Nigun doesn't mean talk song; it meant a specific tune, and therefore I think I think we should you know go into. Uh, obviously, everyone is very familiar with the with the standard. What I discovered doing a little research on the internet today was that. It's incredible the amount of artists who have recorded Ma'os Tour. We talked about uh, Paul Robeson recording the uh, Berdichever's speech to God. Uh, Ma'os Tour, I think, has been recorded uh, by by many, many Christian artists. One of the ones that was very popular, one of the stars of Hamilton, Leslie Odom Jr., I'm sure you've heard of, he uh, recorded Ma'os Tour. Let me, let me show you something from uh, of the public school in Staten Island. Let's take a listen to... Public School 22s, and you can see the the, the wonderful diversity here, uh, Yitzchuk, of the Staten Island Choir. Here we go. Okay, Yitzchak, you can see the verve and the the energy of PS22. I don't think you see any chesidish enoklach here or any rabbinical figures, right? <laughs> it's it's quite the, uh, I'm not sure, I don't think this is in the Willowbrook section uh, where there are many Jews going to PS22. Here's the solo of, obviously, the star singer of the choir. So that just that's the song really has, and I guess part of it is to to give a sense of inclusivity of Hanukkah during the Christmas season. I want to play you just one other incredible version that David Asaf uh, discovered. This is from a uh, a Lutheran church, and as we're going to see, perhaps it's appropriate that it comes from uh, the San Francisco Lutheran Church Choir. Here it is, Moosur. Okay, the the noise that you were picking up here, of course, is it's it's in a church, and what you're picking up is the shuffling 
of the choir as they stride into the church, making their way down to the altar. Okay, the choirs is making their way, striding step by step as they make their way, like almost zombie-like, it's like, to the altar. And of course, in both the PS22 and the San Franciscan uh, Lutheran Choir, they only sing the first stanza, which of course, if they knew what it meant, <laughs> I don't think they'd be so happy, it's like. It's Rock of Ages. It is quite beautiful, isn't it? I mean, the way, but you can see here, Yitzchak, why many of the Zionist writers after the Hakama Samadina, and even before that, bemoaned the fact that this was a song that sounded so Christian and seemed to really stem from at least the tune from the period of the 15th and 16th century from Christian songs that we actually know of. And it actually has been discovered, as, as we pointed out beforehand, Let's listen to a tune that Martin Luther wrote words for. What David Asaf and many of the other Chokram have discovered is that this tune, the way you heard it, right, actually is a combination of three different songs. And one of them is, again, what was the original tune. We're not sure where it comes from. But uh, Martin Luther put the words of Nun Freud euch liebe. And here is, as you can hear, it's clear that this is the first part of Mo'os Sur. I'll read you the translation of what the German meant in a minute. Not exactly, but it's clear that the... I wouldn't notice it if it wasn't being pointed out. Yeah, the first part of it is clearly the same emphasis as Mo'os Tzur. Here, let's hear a little bit more. Again, the ending is not, but the...
That's exactly what it's Yeah, that, that, yeah, that is. Dem Teufel, ich gefangen lag. Okay, so there, it's the, the second part of that stanza already moves away, but that beginning is exactly Moosur. And of course, the translation is, Dear Christians, one and all rejoice with exaltation springing and with united heart and voice and holy rapture singing. Proclaim the wonders God has done, how his right arm the victory won, right dearly it has cost him. Fast bound in Satan's chains I lay, death brooded darkly o'er me. Sin was my torment night and day, in sin my mother bore me. Yea, deep and deeper still I fell. Very Lutheran. (laughs) Yes, again, life had become a living hell. So firmly sin possessed me. (laughs) Anyway, that is the part of Mosur that clearly was lifted. The middle part, uh, David Asaf says, which is the part, the barker. Right, we're going to ready a slaughtering mitzor from the oppressor Haman Beach that's barking and wants to devour us. Right, so that of course he says is they found a a song called the Boisenander, which is a sort of a marching song that German armies would use. The third part of the song, which is na 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 ni na nam. Okay, so that has been connected to another German song, uh, which is called the Schlemmenlied. Here's the Schlemmenlied. Very, very similar. So that's, again, I think the Hasharas are correct. It is this this Frankenstein German tune. And because it, it's it like had, Frankenstein was German. Yes, Frankenstein. Let's now listen to some of the attempts to sort of knock the 900-pound gorilla off his base. You do have a number of Hasidish versions. Uh, I know, Yitzchak, you, you've been Hasidish Rebbes by, by Hanukkah. And I, what I was going to say about being Menagain was that Again, the Nadverna Rebbe's, they play a violin, usually by the Hanukkah Lech. I think the one that's most popular in Eretz Yisrael outside of the standard is the Breslov version. But I actually want, I want to play the uh, the Vizhnitz and Moshitz. So here's Vizhnitz. Okay, really something. Again, very, very kid-friendly. 
I've been a big fan of the Vishnus and the Gunim for a long time. I, I, I'm, I'm saying it's really something. And I, I spoke to two Vishnus Achsidim yesterday that came to Davin in the Minyan where I was, and they said that they actually sang the old-fashioned one um, in, in, in the in the Haim. But I'm not sure who was the Mechaber of this. I'm not sure if it was, uh, uh, you know, close to the Rebbe or someone. But you can see that there's a there is a joyfulness and a playfulness uh, that the tune has. Ta da 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 da, right? <laughs> um, that's, that's typical in a lot of the vision it's a new one you know, the, yes the vision it's version I guess if you hear the song a couple of times you could probably pick it up yeah the vision it's a new one are a little bit catchier than I know you're going to play mudgets mudgets you know the music you know music historians appreciate mudgets for for you know the the, the style and everything but I personally I, I prefer the vision it's a new one because they here is the the ultimate um, Moshitzer interpreter, who I I was zocha to uh, daven with him Yom Kippur a number of times. The, the great Benzion Shanker, who was so close to the Moshitzer, and really uh, really one of the great popularizers of Chassidish style of singing. Well, and not only that, but one but one of the great you know composers. Two songs that the whole Klal Yisrael sings: Eishes Chayal Mizmor Ladavid. He composed those. Benzion Shanker singing the Moshitzer version of Moshitzer. So here you see already the Mojitzer style. The second stanza actually changes, as you can see, to a whole different stress. And very much in tune, Yitzchak, with the words about Sheba Mitzrayim. Listen to it. Beautiful. 
I don't know, Yitzchak. I, I, <laughs> really great. I think so. A great interpretation of the song. Beautiful, beautiful. This is the Breslover version, which is very popular among non-religious Jews as well. You, you can find many, many versions of recording. This is Yosef Karduner, who sings it a little bit faster. But this is very much, very different, I think, Yitzchak, than what we heard from Vizhnitz and Moshitz. Generally, Breslov, they focus a lot on the, on, on the, on the black keys of the piano instead of the white keys is what it always told. Oh, 
Breslov, as you say, the black keys, it really, it doesn't have any of the uplifting and, 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 and poetic aspects you saw in the Vishnitz and Moshitzer version. It's very much a uh, sort of a depressing <laughs> way to sing. I, I, it's depressing, but it's also hopeful. There's something in it that there's a smile within the tears. And I think, you know, that's, a, I think, one thing I remember hearing from Rav Nachman Bowman's was that a, a, a Jewish music, you, you cry at a happy song and you and you smile at a sad song. And that's something that I think you see in the, in the in this. It it almost has to me it sounds like something out of a fairy tale, you know. It, right. Uh, it's it's, it's almost the type of something like you say, like a bandolier would be singing, but sort of a story of a tragedy or perhaps a story to hear. It's just I just want to throw this in. This is one of the greatest students of the Briskarov, uh Rav Moshe Shmuel Shapiro. This was his version uh, a, a real Litvish version of Mo's tour doesn't have any really of the musicality. Ch- listen to this. Can't get more Litvish than this. It's Obviously, he put a lot of emotion and feeling in it, the Rosh Hashiva of Ber Yaakov, of Moshe Shmuel Shapiro. But, oh, no, um, was a he was... I mean, he was, again, he was a going Otsum, a Talmud of the Briskarov, and really an incredible Rosh Hashiva. But again, you can see here, from all of this, I think you see that there was a, a, a rejection of probably the tune that they heard, every single one of them heard the, <laughs> the German Frankenstein version that, that, of course, we heard earlier. And, and and these are sort of attempts to sort of like anchor the the song in, in sort of a, what they feel is a more Yiddish spirit, but of course all of, again it's possible that it's only Rav Moshe Shmuel Shapiro's, which is probably the only one that's probably closest to in, in, inherently Jewish. The others, Mojitz and uh, Vishnitz, uh, maybe Breslov is a little more also authentic. But again, you know, we the idea that we know we pick up Nigunim everywhere, right? And I think that's part of what the uh, the, the antiquarians understand. Right, of course, the 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 Kalavar Rebbe, the Kalavar Rebbe, right? The Shar Nigun, 
you know, the fact that uh, we that we took the, the Chabad, they have the Napoleon nigger and the right, and even you know, again in Eretz Yisrael, especially in Eretz Yisrael, which has taken so much from the Arab culture around it. Again, we've th- this is all part of the great synthesis, and maybe of what you know what the Nesav Hanukkah is supposed to symbolize. But I think the uh, the idea of of you know the uh, discovering the originality of song and and where it comes from sort of doesn't matter at the end. You know, obviously, so many uh, you know so many people have been moved and and taken by this tune. No matter where it comes from, it really you know we we've incorporated into our into our very midst. Well, here's the words from Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages, let our song praise thy saving power. Thou amidst the raging foes, waste our sheltering tower. Furious they assailed us, but thine arm availed us, and thy word broke their sword when our strength failed us. Go ahead, Yitzchak, kindling, go ahead. Kindling, knew the holy lamps, priests approved in suffering, purified the nation's shrine, brought to God their offering. And his court surrounding, here in joy abounding, happy throng singing songs with a mighty sounding. So Yitzhak, I think we have authenticated indeed as much as we can. And let us, we are going to now sing together the last stanza as we say goodbye. Ready? Children of the martyr race, whether free or fettered, wake the echoes of the songs where ye may be scattered. Yours the message cheering that the time is nearing which will see all men free tyrants disappearing. One more time. Which We'll see all men free, tyrants disappearing. Very, very universal. We'll catch you hopefully next time. Watch, (laughs) watch the dust on the way out. We'll catch you next time. Be well, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.